Welcome to the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things where you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and you nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. I'm Chrissy, and here's my here's my sidekick, Jeremy. You're, I'm your co-host. Oh. Co-host. Well, you need to read your contract again. I'm the star, the beloved star of Nerd Out Loud. And you are the sometimes tolerated sidekick. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> but today's episode is primarily about you. And you're probably going to Just be, the way I like it. Right. <laughs> and you're going to be drowning on for about 90% of it. So Drowning maybe, on? Yeah. Is that even a word? Yeah, something like that. I'm tired. I got about two hours of sleep last night. So, are, are you going to pay attention to me? I am paying attention to you. Okay. Um, I got about two hours of sleep last night. I was there. And it was all for nothing. I was having a little bit of a panic attack because I was supposed to have this big work meeting where I think that I'm going to be let go. And they emailed at 9.30 in the morning and said, we're going to be there mid to late afternoon and then never showed up. So I was stressed and panic attacking all day for no reason. So that was pretty awesome. And because of that anxiety, I didn't really sleep. I'm sorry. So I'm exhausted. So I'm glad that it's going to be a... When we were illegal, illegally watching a movie on that was on Vimeo. Is it Q. illegal on Vimeo? Oh, uh, well, we were watching a movie that was, we were streaming for free off of the internet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how these I things work. On and I'm not, we didn't pay for it. I'm not being like. We paid I, for it in bandwidth. I really am like ignorant about these things. I have no idea. I had no idea that that was illegal. I, of course, am just kidding. We would never actually do something like that. But anyways, check out the movie Internship. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's not. It's, I liked it's, it. Okay. It's kind of like Wedding Crashers five it's years like later. A guilty, it's like a guilty pleasure kind yeah. of funny. It's like a... But uh, they played the exact same characters as they did on Wedding Crashers. They are just themselves. Yeah. yeah. But it actually made me want to get a job at Google. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that the movie I'm sure that it was a very realistic depiction of exactly what it's like to work at Google. I I think it probably is. Okay. I think it probably is <laughs> and I feel like Google probably sponsored the fuck out of that movie. I'm sure. I'm sure that there I'm sure that that that, that happened, yes. Yeah. So Yeah. Today is our 30th it's the big 30 the oh. dirty 30 for the nerd out loud the nerdy 30 is the what nerdy, we should have said it's the nerdy 30 yeah that's what we did say i Maybe had that written down in my notes actually no oh. that doesn't help if you're not reading them so we maybe should have had a different show than this one that we're about to have like a kind of a serious serious show that like got forced upon us in a way it is well i forced it upon us i mean not really yeah we don't have to talk so about it. well the other thing is we're 
Well, I, never mind. Actually, we'll get to that. We'll get to the 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 unreleased content when we talk about our iTunes reviews. Okay. Should we do that now, or no, do you want to do it at the end? Do it at the top of the show. Okay. So we sometimes forget. So hey, guys. Christy pointed out to me that we actually had some people review us on iTunes, which was kind of awesome. We have like yes. eight. We have like eight reviews on there. I think um, we always forget to actually look because no one ever does it. And I was actually um, there was some. Um, I'm not going to mention it, the details, but there was some podcast drama going on this week. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought that it had to do with um, iTunes. And so I went there to like do a little iTunes like spying. And it turned out that wasn't the case. So I then looked at our reviews just randomly because I never even pull up iTunes. And, and we had a whole bunch of reviews. And did you want to Give some shout outs yeah, for that. I had to download. I had to download the podcast <laughs> app for my iPhone just because so it's I could look at them. Totally bullshit. I do love. There's our horrible picture that needs to go away forever. Well, you're working on that. I do right? love. Well, no, that's supposed to be your job. I know, but you were working. I changed on our picture on Facebook just because I was okay. tired of looking at it. Um, I do love that when you search for Nerd Out Loud, we come up, but the next one is a podcast called Sex Out Loud. I know. <laughs> so that's Which, exciting. Yeah, and then. Everyone non-productive should. podcast and then our friend kathy <laughs> with the anxiety party oh because she put me in the description oh. of when i was on that time i wonder why hey. geo doesn't come up because we've been on their shows too. everyone should listen to that podcast of kathy's only the one yeah actually anxiety. that would be fantastic guys everybody go to anxiety party it's like anxiety but with a tea at the end like you're having a tea party mm-hmm. and listen to the episode just christy's episode so we can boost her numbers up just for that show so <laughs> she'll have christy come back on because it and also just because it would be funny and it was a, it was really fun and i um went in depth oh yeah she way my... over shares about her mom and gets all weird and that's why i didn't share it on facebook because yeah. things get back to people uh so let's see all the way back to may Dating back to May 2013, Bruce from Lake Stevens. He was our first. There's more for, there's enough for two more in the boat. I guess the boat being the podcast community as a whole. Thanks, Bruce. Number one reviewer, Bruce. He he popped our review cherry, oh, as they, you like to say. A, uh, a, a guest that we've teased multiple times that I have yet to coordinate a time with because I'm a huge slacker. Uh, Tofi McToferson, or as I call him, Chris, the insane ultramarathon runner. Which he pretty much admits in his review that he wants to just be on the show. <laughs> he gave us a review first. And you know what? We're not above that. Yeah, absolutely. We're not above trading reviews for... I will admit, I like to listen to them and maybe someday be on their show, nerding out loud about the stuff I'm interested in. But I'm going to decide what he's interested in before he comes in. The title of his review, Good, Somewhat Clean Fun. Thanks, Tofi. Um, R.L. Pape. I don't know who that is. That's our that's our friend Robert. Oh, hi, listener. Robert. Want imaginary friends but too lazy to create them? <laughs> Nerd Out Loud has you covered. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one, especially uh, how many imaginary friends slash girlfriends you've had. Ever- oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> Chris from Everett or Everat. <laughs> the best on the internet. Thanks, dude. Yes, I agree. It's five stars right there. This one by somebody named Vlasic. I have no idea who this is. I don't either. 
just says because america yeah fuck yeah and then the actual review just said these colors don't run <laughs> so thanks that seems like something that nick kennedy would thanks, write thanks vlasic whoever you are <laughs> drew mcfrizz love it he does have one complaint though still gave us five stars which by the way take note following drew's footsteps you can complain about whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. in the actual review as long as you give us five stars um one complaint too much unreleased material which we're going to talk about right now the lawyers will add to the download numbers first of all the only reason he really knows that we have unreleased material is because of insider trading (laughs) (laughs) but um so yeah because uh, Christy told him. That said, we do have an episode that we recorded. Well, so last about... week we recorded with okay. Geo. Was I want to talk no, about this. We have three unre- un- sort of unreleased episodes. Number one is with my friend Katrina. And it was because we didn't get to editing it. And then and it was about Big Brother. And it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty rough. It's going to be pretty rough right. to get through. It, it would be rough for anyone who didn't like Big Brother. And it's basically me just kind of gushing the entire time because she was a little... Nervous. 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 Right. <laughs> nervous. She was enjoying some of the new, new legislation new, yes, new that recently illegal. passed in Washington State. <laughs> um, so she, she was on her medication. Right. <laughs> she has glaucoma. The, the glaucoma had really flared up glaucoma. So... Um, she was very nervous. Didn't really understand. She would be nervous talking into the microphone anyways but then that made it worse so by the time we even were getting to edit it that show was on four days a week it was already old news and it was it it, no one would want to hear it It basically seriously it it just wasn't good then there was the dating episode which we have the majority of it has been released yeah what i didn't the only part that i cut out was a solid 25 minute argument that i got in with christy at the top of the show which we rehashed (laughs) a little bit i don't think in the new unreleased one yeah we'll we'll talk about it it was about me making like you're tearing apart your sad single lady bit right so we'll release that (laughs) i mean it's not that bad and then maybe we'll have like a special hidden show so the newest one when geo was over we basically sat on the couch and just talked for about three hours. And at one point, Jeremy ended the, did an ending of the show, and then we just started back up. I mean, we were just talking like friends. And that the second part of it wasn't released, but I think we're going to edit it. If you do want to hear it, you can hear it on... Should I be saying yeah. this? No, oh, we, we you said it last it week. On the... Um, on Geo. Geo. G-I-O. Get it on podcast. Yeah, you just search for Geo. Get it on. I think the picture for that podcast is a big a picture of... Him as... Uh, Galactus. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Is it Galactus? I'm going to mess Gatticus? it up. He's screaming Galactus. at us right I know. now. From, Sorry, I can hear Geo. him from Chicago. <laughs> but anyways, um, it... It's Galactus, I think. Galactus, okay. So, <laughs> big purple helmet antenna comic book guy. So it's a picture of that. It's Galactus. It's about if you if you like, I'm you should one. listen to it. If you especially if you like classic love lines, what he does is has a little interview. I mean, he usually just talks at the beginning, says where he what he's doing. Has two hours of classic love lines. Usually has an interview for an hour or two, and then more. Love yeah, line. Th- those shows are like. 
those shows are usually like three hours long, but he's like a, so Gio's like a savant of Adam Carolla knowledge and not just Adam Carolla, but like classic love line, all that shit. So like he, he, he takes these phone clips from phone calls and he weaves them together like a tapestry. So he, he wants to tell a story. He sits back at the beginning of the episode and he says, here's the story I want to tell over the course of about three hours. Then he records some little segments of his own. He has random, like this one is like kind of pieced together interviews from some other friends. Then he has these classic love line calls, which are hilarious and amazing. You should listen to them. If you loved it or are new to it, listen. And he weaves them together like a, master basket weaver an <laughs> okay. expert what's a basket weaver called a a, a basket student a basketeer oh, a basketeer. <laughs> a basketeer like a <laughs> like an expert bas- basketeer he weaves them together to tell you a story and it's amazing it's 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 um it's poetry in motion um, that over the course of about three and a half hours. Um, that said, if you want to skip over the artistic part of it, we're like the last hour or so. Two, two hours and 15 minutes yeah. in. And, and especially the last 10 minutes, super shit showy. So yeah, because the last 10 minutes that. will not be posted on our show. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely taking that out. So if you want to hear that little gem. We cracked into the mangria. Yeah. At some point, we'll just say that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> So, um, the, the unreleased material will either be released or it's garbage and you don't want to hear it anyways. Yeah. But they'll, it'll all come out eventually. Yes. We're just banking it. We're banking it, Drew. McFrizz. (laughs) Thank you. And our last seventh review. It says that we have eight, eight rating. Oh, maybe we just have eight ratings, but only seven reviews. Okay. Um, from Northwest Aviator 95. It will speak to you. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Northwest Aviator 95. A.K.A. Will. A.K.A. Will. Um, he hopefully is okay with him having his name attached to that handle because maybe he was trying to remain anonymous. Oh. And yeah. you just ruined it. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. Review the show. Tell a friend. Say hey. You don't need imaginary friends. These people will be your imaginary friends. We'll be your real life friends too. Christy will be your real life friend. Yep. Not me. Because I need two more. <laughs> I need two more for the year. I need two more friends. Please be my friend. Um, so yeah. What's that? Did we get a package that tried to get delivered today? Yeah. It's my Hauschka jersey. Are you sure? Or is it your... Oh, troll too. Jeremy has decided that he bought the Troll 2 DVD and he wants to have a party in which people watch Troll 2. Troll 2, according to IMDb, the worst movie of all time. Has a cult following. What I've heard from some of the actors in the movie is that it is the Rocky Horror Picture Show of the MySpace generation. Okay. (laughs) that would be pretty fun it would also be fun to um figure out you know um when they have heckle heckle vision yeah they do it at central cinema all the time yeah. yeah and you send it to a certain number um that would be pretty funny or just 
have everyone live tweet it. Yeah, and, and I'm looking up. There's a documentary about it that I saw on Netflix that prompted all of this. And I've heard. I from, got in a real documentary mood this last week. I had to do a bunch of mindless crap at work, where I was just like, literally and I wouldn't for let hours him just House cutting of cards and pasting me. word documents and then printing hundreds of letters off and putting them in envelopes. And so I may have busted out the Netflix on my iPhone <laughs> while I was doing this mindless work and probably watched. I probably watched 10 documentaries wow. over the course of a few days. That's awesome. Yeah. One of one of which inspired me to buy this. It's called The Best Worst Movie. The Best Worst Movie. It came out in 2000, 2009. Did you watch it? Yeah. It's oh, hilarious. Did? Most people don't set out to produce a horrible film. So how exactly does it happen? This documentary attempts to answer that question. The I'll just I'll say this one thing about it. The one of the so the the movie itself is a documentary about a lot of the actors in the movie didn't even realize at the time they thought they were making a good legitimate movie mm-hmm. uh, because maybe they didn't have full scripts or there was uh, the director was Italian and at the time didn't speak any English so there was a little bit of a language barrier so it wasn't always clearly communicated to them what was going on or what the storyline was maybe they didn't understand. Um, and so uh, a lot of the actors, as they're interviewing them, you know, the, the movie came out itself in 1990, and this documentary was filmed in the late, like, I think, I want to say, like, it came out in 2009, so it was probably filmed in, like, 2005 to two, 2007 or something like that. Um, but a lot of the actors, like, didn't realize till 10 years, you know, Till, till 10 years after the fact when all of a sudden Troll 2 came on HBO and they started getting calls from their friend friends about it or whatever and then they finally went and sat down and watched the movie all the way through for the first time and just realized how horrible it was and one of them like one of them was still trying to be an actress and said that she took it off her resume and uh if people recognized her, like sometimes she'd be in casting calls and stuff mm-hmm. and they'd be like, weren't you in, you were in like a horror movie or something, something with trolls. And she knew as soon as that came up that she just wasn't going to get a job. She wasn't going to get the job. So she would just, oh wow, she would just walk out knowing that she's not going to get the job. And like, it's called troll two. There's a troll one, not related at all to troll two. Oh it's not gosh. actually a sequel so to anything. This, also, there's called also, again? there's no trolls in it. <laughs> what what is this what's the movie called again the documentary on netflix is called the best the best worst movie so, so i've heard that it's it's like you don't even have to watch troll to just watch the documentary oh well we have to watch we have to watch i mean if you watch the documentary it'll make you want to watch troll Two. it's kind the, of like have you ever heard of heart of darkness it's the documentary of fil- making apocalypse now and it's actually a better uh, most people i've had never seen either of them but most people say that heart of darkness is actually a better movie than apocalypse now yeah they made us watch that in my english 102 class at Sherlock community college really yeah and apocalypse now it was an That's early cool. morning class i would oftentimes just go um, fall asleep yeah and then one time the teacher woke me up by hitting me in the head with a newspaper mm-hmm. and said look if you're going to fall asleep at least sit in the back row <laughs> And then everybody laughed at me. Who was your teacher? I don't know. Woman or man? As a man. Oh. He had like a soul patch, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, so, sorry, I have to say two more things about the documentary that I'm, this th- were supposed to be my one thing, but then I got sidetracked. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, number one, there's two very awkward things. Number one, the Italian director is in the movie shows up to some of these screenings that they have later on. Cause it, the movie, the troll two gained a lot of like cult popularity and they would have viewing parties and they would have like troll two conventions basically where they would reunite a lot of the old cast. Well, the director, they got the director to come out. He's Italian. He came out and the director still thinks it's an amazing movie. thinks it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite get the satire part that everybody's kind of making fun of it, including the actors that were in it. And uh, there's a few points where, like, people, the the the, inter- the actors are up on a stage, like, doing a panel, being asked questions, and they're making comments about how they didn't have a full thing, they didn't have a full script, or this scene went wrong, or this went wrong, or these were some of the problems. And he's just literally standing in the back of the room, just screaming at them, that's not true! That's a lie! You did have a full script! Like... So, so he's awkward. heckling and, the documentary. Yeah, and then there has to be like, I mean, the the people that are that love that movie enough to travel hundreds of miles to come see a a, a panel of the actors and, and like talk about it before a screening, like that has to be like I would just be squealing with glee. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, the director is here and he's heckling the act. Like I would, I would shit myself with excitement. Yeah, that and would the be the best other thing, thing ever. Is there's one they reunite almost the entire cast, including the director go around to some of the scenes where it was filmed, reenact some of the scenes like for the documentary. There was one actress that they, that they couldn't get to come out. So they go find her and she's just like batshit crazy. Like she's this old, crazy old cat lady Mm -hmm. taking care of her even crazier old mom. And she's like, no, no, she's like, I, uh, and, and she, is the one person besides the director that just thinks it's a beautiful, amazing movie, just thinks it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and then they a little bit allude to her maybe being maybe slightly, excuse me, schizophrenic. Okay. Hearing voices at night, screaming, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so that was exciting. And she's taking a break, quote unquote, from acting at the Nissel. So, sure. Yeah. A lifetime yeah. break. Yeah. I'm also taking a break from acting. <laughs> Me as well. Me as well. I and also being a swimsuit model. Any, um, <laughs> I have not had any what are the auditions <laughs> recently. I've turned a lot taking down. A little break. Yeah, I turned down the swimsuit that's on the issue back of right Sports now, Illustrated. I really wanted yeah. to take some time to focus on the podcast. podcast right? <laughs> so, anyway. So that's, yeah, sorry. That was Documentary Corner with Jeremy. Right. <laughs> Next week, I'll talk some more about uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary that I watched. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> we um, powered through all of House of Cards, so you won't have any more House of Cards yeah. documentaries. Or yeah, and ep- football won't episodes. be back till sub- September, so right. congrats, we Lax, dude. You <laughs> need something else to obsess about for a while. Yeah. All right, should we get in? Should we take a break and then get into our topic? Sure. All right. So, I was watching this documentary. No. <laughs> oh, 
Not okay. really. So let's start from what happened yesterday and then and go back. Only one of us can be the sound effects person and clearly that's me. <sighs> Ooh, I don't know. I'm the accent guy. I'm also the sound effects person. I don't know. Let you I'm do gonna yours. I'm going to do this entire story. Do- I'm going to do this entire segment in a Cockney accent. Hello. So here's what happened. Okay. Yesterday, as I was getting no. on the lift, I, the lights went out and it was dark. So I had to get a torch. But instead of a torch, I pulled out my cell phone. <laughs> okay. It's no. quickly yeah. deteriorating from Cockney. became. Okay. Well, okay. this is, uh, sorry, this is a serious thing. Um, it's not time for jokes. So, but I'm the sound effects guy. Just to clarify, everybody. Rewind. Um, so yeah so yesterday i um well was it yesterday when you you have to start with the text the text oh yeah okay so that's how it really started i had an old friend that um hadn't talked to me in a while and i had like we were pretty close yeah and i had been um i had been like sending him text messages and just trying to like check in and say hi and see what's up and see how he's doing and uh randomly he um just like a couple of weeks ago, just like stopped responding to me altogether. And so finally yesterday I was like, Hey dude, um, are you just really busy? Or are you like actively ignoring me? And, uh, he had read receipts on or whatever. So I could see that he had read the mm-hmm. message mm-hmm. at like 11 in the morning. And then at the end of the day, he wrote me back and said, basically like, yeah, I'm, I'm busy, but I don't really have any interest in catching up. Or seeing how you're doing, so be blessed or blessings. blessings. Hope you're hope you're well. Blessings. And that's just like okay. And uh, this is one of my old church friends, and one of many <laughs> to kind of just blow me off. And uh, but not just that, you were really close. You worked together. You introduced him to his wife. Yeah, I introduced him to his current wife. They just had a kid together. We worked together for a while. I got him a job, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was just weird. It was weird, and I've I've had a number of shitty experiences like that with friends over the last few years because of some stuff that's happened that we'll get into, I guess, um, involving a church that I used to be on staff at. Um, and like the more the farther I get that away, you were actually being groomed to be a pastor of. I was a pastor there. Okay, but so yeah, not just like, like you weren't the janitor there; you were actually like in leadership. Yeah, no, I was paid. I was right. a paid staff member there. Um, you have to, you have to like dumb down the Christian words because not everyone's going to understand. Paid so, staff member? No, no, no. I'm is just saying. Christian word? No, but you, when you said you're on staff, like that could mean you were the bookkeeper. Oh, god. You know, got it. I'm just, that's why I'm here because I don't understand all this terminology. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> ask it. you questions. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, the. I mean, when I was there, when I was involved in leadership at the church and when I was attending there, like I had some kind of just, there was some weirdness, some concerns that I had about kind of the culture there and the way things were run and some of the way people were treated. And there's been just like a, there's just a trail of hurt and broken, (laughs) damaged people behind the, as I, I was talking to somebody today and I said, the bus that is, you know, this church, there's a trail of bodies behind it. And I yeah. wasn't the first <laughs> one to be tossed off the bus and uh, th- pretty sure I'm not the last. Um, anyway. And so, you know, it, it like, 
it just like freaked me out. Like not freaked me out. It, it hurt my feelings, I guess the, the interaction that I had with my friend yesterday, obviously. And then it just kind of stirred up a bunch of like feelings that I had about that church. And so I like randomly just decided to go on Facebook and said, Hey, like the church that I used to be on staff at is kind of starting to feel like a cult. Actually, I should probably just read the actual Yeah, read thing. it because <laughs> your words got twisted instantly. <laughs> Boy, did they? Yeah. I said, coming to the realization that the church I was in leadership at is feeling more and more like a cult so weird to see and uh at this time there's 72 yeah something like that the the result of this has been uh, let's see we're up to 72 72 comments from like 35 different people i've probably gotten 10 to 15 like direct messages people talking to me about it well at first they were all supportive like well there's people who are genuinely like Oh, what's up? Like, are you okay? Um, what church is this? People, you know, wanting to know right away. And then, um, just like genuine concern. And then there were people who were in the know, like, that's why I got out. And then how many comments out? Well, then someone from, from the church that you knew from there gets on and said, you should stop slandering the church. It's not fair. And calling it a cult. Yeah. Is is not okay. And you're and you're spreading gossip. Yeah. Basically. And and then, it's damaging is damaging to the people that right. are currently attending. So he was the first one Which, who hey, took if it, anybody that saw that Facebook post is attending that church and knows what church it is, um don't go there. <laughs> it's dangerous right. and bad. Well, and then a couple like <laughs> I can direct you to some great churches if you're interested, yeah. but that is not one of them. And um <laughs> I, I don't know if we should say our name, but one of our friends in, um, that we know from your sister's church and the church you used to oh, live yeah. in, um, she actually sa- I didn't see the comment, so we kind of posted the same thing, which is like, you don't really know what the definition of slander is, yeah. and he can, like you can say whatever you want on your Facebook, and you didn't name name. Like when I said it, I'm like, I, pro- I think you probably mean libel, because that means writing, and he can say what he wants to. He didn't name names. You didn't name the church. You just said, hey, it's feeling to me like this was a cult. Yeah. Now that, and like you establish, when I, now that I'm getting healthy boundaries and learning more about like structures of abuse. Healthy relationships and, and yeah, healthy relationships <laughs> and boundaries that looking back, different types of abuse. That was, you were being spiritually abused. Yeah. And emotionally, I would right. say. Right. Like, a, of a lot by that. So, but then what's funny is he kept defending himself. Like this is the definition of slander. This is what it means. And I'm taking it to me that. And then another post later, he admits he doesn't the go way, there anymore. I don't go there because, because I've it's had unhealthy. With people yeah. there. <laughs> so he feels it's super unhealthy, but he defends it and yeah. he himself doesn't even go there anymore. Yeah. So it just became, um, like, a back and forth. Mostly it was positive on Facebook yeah. besides him. I mean, other people were saying like all Christians aren't like that. And you were never saying that you yeah. never once said that because I mean, even the church that your sister's involved with, that's an amazing church. That's like, I didn't grow up in that kind of situation and I've gone to services a couple times and just known so many people from that church and it feels welcoming and it feels positive. And 
I would recommend that to that one to anyone who's looking for that kind of situation. And I never would have thought that it would be like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's some crazy stuff out there. I think it's my go-to is any church that isn't Catholic (laughs) or Jewish or, you know, like one of the main denominations, these like off sex of whatever, um, of Lutheran. Is that what it's called? Protestant. Protestant are all more like the thing you experienced. Yeah, to me, that's not all necessarily of true. I know. That's what I'm saying is that to me before going to One Life, that was my my experience and my mindset is that they were all... Good. No. Oh, opposite no. of good. Well, but you Horrible. liked One Life. One Life changed my mind. Oh, got it. Oh, yeah. Prior, I got always it, got thought it. that they were One crazy Life evangelists. Community churches, the church people that brainwashed. In. Yes. I guess since we're saying good things, we can name yeah. drop them yeah totally and what up, a lot life? of the people on there i used to live in that you were very supportive of you are all members and leadership yeah, of that a lot of the people that showed up on my facebook right. kind of def- defending me and helping people understand definitions of words that they're using that don't actually and try. most of the negative so in and then he received a lot of direct messages yeah i did i got probably and text like messages. i probably got five people i think that messaged me probably privately saying that like people that either like do still attend this church that i was talking about or recently have left or whatever that said things along the line of like oh my gosh me too i never like or thank you for sharing i thought i was the only one yeah yeah there was people that definitely thought that they were the only one or like left and just felt gross about when they left and the way they were treated or whatever and thought that they were crazy which is like definitely something that should we say it's not the one that everyone's thinking it is it's not what? Marcel. Oh, no. I never attended Marcel. Yeah, it's, it's not, not Marcel. Marcel. Although, Although I did, you were stalked I by... I do have we'll some get to that. bad <laughs> Marcel stories as well, yeah. But it's not Marcel. That's what everyone's going to think it is if you're it's from not, yeah. the Seattle area. They would never let me be a pastor there. Marcel is very, very strict about... You have to have like a at least a master's and... I'm not. I don't Master wear. I don't of wear manipulation. I don't wear fat, fancy enough jeans, yeah. and I don't like MMA. So I don't right. think that they would let me. Yeah. <laughs> My new office is right outside. A huge one, yeah. giant, and also I think men and women are equal. <laughs> so, um, and I was leaving work one day, and it was like a Wednesday, and I'm like what is like the douche Olympics all of a sudden? It was like all these couples that look exactly the same. They're wearing the like, um, what are those shirts? Affliction button up shirts with giant crosses. Yeah, they're like button up shirts that have embroidery on them. In the, they're like dress shirts kind of but that have like. And the pockets that are all fancied yeah. up. And I'm just like, what is this like a uniform? Is this a dress up? And Jeremy says, that's just what people wear. It is that a, church. It's an unspoken uniform. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. this sparked two days worth of... I mean, you're still going yeah, still through getting, it. I'm still getting messages yeah. even now, like as we've been recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then It's a public message. You guys can go look at it, actually, right. if you want to read the 70-plus right. <laughs> comments. So then let's go back in time. Do the noise. Because I'm the sound effects guy. And from the beginning, okay. your origin story. <laughs> the or- Jeremy's origin story we're already like 35 minutes in. So I'm going to stop try talking and, about troll too. I'm going to try and uh, <laughs> your tr- origin had nothing to do I'll with the documentary. I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Cause I'm sure that 
people don't need all the gory details. Um, but the short version is I was born into a Christian home. My parents are very traditional, a very traditional relationship, I guess. They're still married, like almost 40 years, I think. Still married, got born, like they bought a house as soon as they got married, stayed in that house all the way until me and my sister moved out. Um, grew up in a very, like, you know, traditional evangelical christian kind of mainline christian home uh, fairly conservative we couldn't say fart or we'd get in trouble <laughs> or uh, but but yeah yeah but i i wasn't allowed to say those words either and i grew up as a heathen as yeah. i say a dirty dirty sinner um so uh went to ended up um after high school deciding to go to bible college um Initially, I just went to Bible college mainly because um, I had a plan to go to university. Uh, I was going to go to Western Washington University and become a police officer. Like a month before I was supposed to go, I just realized like this is just what my entire life – like that's what my dad did. That's what my sister was going to do. That's what my mom did is after high school. They went to college. Your brother-in-law. Career, like, and that's like just what people did. So that was kind of what <laughs> – that was just what I had always planned to do is have a career and do the high school college career thing. Um, and it was like a couple months before I was supposed to go and I just, it dawned on me like that that's not actually what I want. Um, and so I, uh, um, had a friend and we were going to go get, uh, apartment together cause he was kind of in the same place as me and we were just going to figure stuff out. And, um, he, uh, shortly while we were about going apartment hunting informed me that he had decided to go to this Bible college, um, called Seattle Bible college, uh, because he felt like God had told him that that's what he, um, that's what God wanted him to do. And are you going to name names? I guess. Okay. We'll call this person Dan. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, so Dan told me, you know, that God had told him that he wanted God wanted Dan to go to Bible college. Um, and I lost my roommate, couldn't afford rent on my own. And, uh, the dorms at this Bible college were only like $150 a month. And so, uh, uh, plus tuition was only like $800 a quarter for full time. <laughs> so, That's cheaper than community college. So, Question. Yeah, we always used to joke if you had eight hundred dollars in a heartbeat, you could get into Seattle Bible <laughs> College. So, um, question. And, well, and, but honestly, like our plan was to get an apartment, take a year to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. One of the things that was on the table for both of us was going to this Bible college. So it's not like it was completely out of the blue. We both had interest in like getting more or whatever. Did Dan's father push him into it? I don't know. I mean, I obviously I think that that had a part to do with it. Dan's father, who is happens to be the pastor of this church that we were talking about that I said was kind of like a cult was on the board for the college that I went okay. to at the time. And kind of as part of that was trying to bring a, a new influx of young students in mm -hmm. the Bible college was like a very conservative, very conservative, um, traditional mainline evangelical Bible school. It had been around for 50 years, was started by one of the oldest churches in Seattle, um, a church called Philadelphia Church that's uh, in Ballard. The big sign on 24 says Jesus saves on the front of the church, I'm sure. If you're from the area, you probably know it. Um, 
And, you know, a short, like just a few years before we went to the Bible college, men and women from the school weren't allowed to walk on the same side of the street. Like they weren't allowed to like hang out together. Like, like if you got caught like grocery shopping with somebody from the opposite sex, there could be potential consequences for that. Um, it didn't get much we got, more yeah. liberal when you went there. <laughs> the, I want to say it was like the first or second week we were there. I, at the time, had been dabbling a little bit in DJing. Um, I had DJed some high school dances, DJed a few raves. Weddings? Your sister's <laughs> some wedding? weddings, right? Um, so I had like sound equipment and what was your a bunch name? of lights. DJ Germs? DJ, DJ Germs, I think, yeah. yeah. Had some lights and all that fun stuff. And so we went to the gym, which was co-ed and threw a big dance party. Like the second week we were there and invited all the girls because obviously girls and, um, almost got kicked out <laughs> the second week there. Cause apparently, apparently dancing is a no, no. So, so, uh, yeah. So decided to go to bio college. Tell the story about your laser disc. I'm really upset about that. <laughs> I had a rather extensive laser disc collection. Uh, and I had hooked the laser discs up in the, or the laser disc player up in the, uh, the TV, like rec room area at our dorm. And we had random dorm inspections and we weren't allowed to have any movies. We had to get permission for PG 13 movies and we weren't allowed to have any rated R movies. And these are college age students. Yeah. I was, um, I was 19. I was 19. And so, um, one time during, while we were in class, um, the Dean of the Bible college came and, uh, went through all of our dorm rooms for a surprise dorm inspection. And he um, uh, took a bunch of my laser discs mm-hmm. and I never got them back, including 16 candles yeah. and flash dance. It's really sad. For obvious reasons. Yeah. I wish you had those. It's very sad. I know. Okay. Sorry. To uh, go off. The- so uh, went to Bible college, uh, got my, I already had a two year degree from community college. So I was able to get like transfer. Basically I got a bat, they call it a bachelor's in biblical studies. I can get in trouble for calling it a bachelor's now if I was because to put that on a resume. Because it's you not know an accredited at the time school. It I didn't have an understanding of that system. And also at the time, it wasn't as big of a deal. Like right. our credits from Seattle Bible College, it's not a t- bullshit school. Like they teach you. It's a good school. They do a good job of teaching it. They're like a reputable training program. You know, they have whatever. Um, the, the Seattle Pacific University and Northwest are, are both accredited Christian schools that are in the Mm -hmm. area have accepted our credits, you know, one for one from Seattle Bible college. They've accepted, you know, people transferred from Seattle Bible college to those schools and they've accepted. So you could go to Northwest college and probably not now because that whole like accreditation system has come under a lot of scrutiny, especially in the United States because of like diploma mills and all that stuff. Okay. And I only know about this because of something that we'll get to okay. <laughs> a little bit later on where I got intricately involved with the, uh, the world of higher academia. Um, but, um, anyway, so I got a bachelor's in biblical studies, um, and graduated from there and, uh, like started kind of working part time at this church that that Dan's dad was the pastor of. Um, started working part time. Did you there. get married during college or right I after? I got married. Man, I wish I could remember the timing. I'm really bad at all this stuff. I think probably you, after. I think you got married after, and she graduated. 
Yeah, she graduated after we got married, I think. Just because I just looked at your sister's scrapbooks. Okay. So that's why I know. (laughs) Yeah. So I started started working part-time, doing some stuff at this church, kind of volunteering, doing some leadership stuff, then like kind of moved my way up, ended up like becoming like full-time on staff at this church. Um Kind of At as Church of Harm, we'll the call Church it. of Harm. Yes, yeah. we'll call okay. it the Church of Harm. Um, and uh, um, did some stuff there. Um, shortly thereafter, the Bible College that I was attending, Seattle Bible College, vacated the campus in Seattle. We ended up taking over that campus, starting our own Bible College there, um, called Church of Harm College of Ministry. <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> and. Um, uh, we had a um, we had a nonprofit that we started um, that that we had kind of as an umbrella basically for this college that we started. We had somebody come up that had a bookstore that was closing down in Oregon, moved up to Seattle. We, so we got this ten thousand square foot building plus a couple dorms that we were renting for like two thousand dollars a month. Um, we put the bookstore in there, we a Christian bookstore. We put a coffee shop in there, and then we had the college. Um, I randomly got put in charge of. The college, like my official title was I was the dean of the college. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> I was the dean. I was the dean of the college. Um, so I helped get that off the <laughs> d- um, off the ground, um, developed all of their uh, like a one-year, two-year, four-year track, um, helped interview and hire all the teachers, set up the programs, created the syllabus, got way more in-depth into the world of um, higher education than I wanted to. I never really had any interest in um, setting up something like that. I had more of a desire for like smaller group, like kind of a, we had a really solid group of young people at that church that we were, um, had a lot of momentum and a lot of energy behind it, I guess. Um, And there was a lot of cool stuff happening with that, like lots of personal growth and people were getting healthy and like emotionally healthy and like, I mean, just, becoming adults like learning to get their finances control getting jobs stuff like that like Mm -hmm. that's kind of stuff that really got me pumped um but the uh didn't necessarily see eye to eye with the leader of this church um and um uh he really wanted to have like a real kind of more traditional thing. Part of the reason that he wanted to do that is because he has a lot of ties with Korea. Um and they have a real like it's a very like uh Traditionally, I would say it's a very um, tradition-oriented uh, kind of – I don't know. I don't know the right word. Rigid, formal culture. And so they really need to – they want to see words like college and they want the degrees to be called an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree and I all see. that kind of stuff. Um, and he wanted to part, – part, I personally think part of the reason that he wanted to do that is because he wanted to start a English as a second language program kind of okay. under this because then uh, you can get those students to come over and they pay you a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they it's, have a, to prove it's that they basically have like a way – thousand dollars even into the yeah, country. Yeah, it's insane. So it just turns into this – it was like this gross business thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, we had this great coffee shop thing all kind of – that all imploded on itself, which is a whole nother story. We I suppose don't really need to get into. No. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, and all this time I'm like the more in depth I'm getting, the more I'm realizing like me and this, the pastor of the church don't necessarily see eye to eye. Like I'm still kind of, I'm trying to do some of my own like kind of ministry stuff and some of the stuff that I wanted to see happen on the side. Um, and, uh, um, 
he really viewed me doing that stuff as adversarial. Um, I kind of viewed it as like, Hey, like let's work together and like build this team and let's focus on like the areas where our strengths are. Um, he, he, um, viewed it as me trying to like undermine him because like we had this kind of young group that had a lot of energy and, and momentum and stuff. And so like, we would like get them all going in one direction and there would be all this life and like the side stuff that we were doing. And I think that it kind of made him mad that it wasn't necessarily happening in the (laughs) older, but also he viewed you as like a son too. And in fact, he put you higher than his own child Yeah, in his mind and in his heart and in his church. Yeah. And in his church, (laughs) like he elevated you above he was definitely grooming. He kind of viewed himself as this, like the, the Christian word for it is he called himself an apostle, um, this global leader where he was wanted to go around and, and, and speak wisdom into churches all over the world and travel all the time. And then of course, you know, our church, unhealthy church or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, um, churchy mcherty whatever church of harm church of harm the church of harm um he viewed that as kind of this like fountainhead and that was like everything the the life that he was going around and and the wisdom that he was bringing everywhere came from this so like the home base quote-unquote needed to stay strong and he was kind of grooming me to basically be the person that took over home base so he could go out and and be like his apostle self and go to other countries countries and and do that stuff so and meanwhile you were a really active in the community like wanting to like you did the stuff with homeless people near the church and stuff yeah yeah we had yeah. all sorts of like outreach programs, stuff. outreach stuff that we were trying to do and and he wasn't into that as much yeah yeah i mean we had a because it didn't make kind of like a drop-in clinic for prayer basically where we would invite people whoever wanted to to come in you know for a few hours every week and get prayer for miracles and oh yeah is this the time of the healing rooms yeah (laughs) well that was kind of going on throughout the whole part but yeah yeah we were praying for people to get healed from cancer and all sorts of crazy stuff praying for miracles jeremy would talk in tongues and yeah yeah we were and this was a crazy pentecostal church by the way um like fun crazy like shooting bows and arrows into the ceiling and dancing with staffs and why is shooting bows and arrows into the drums and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, um, it's all in the Bible, Christina. God. So anyway, um, so that happened. Catholic church. We don't (laughs) meanwhile. Yeah. You just shoot arrows into the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Yeah. You just do, do what you're told. Stand up, sit down, stick your tongue out, put this thing on, take a sip. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, that happened. Uh, I had been getting more and more to a point where I realized like the pastor there wasn't going to allow me to like work with him. It, it very much had turned into an adversarial thing. It was like, there's just tons of conflict. I was really young. I was fresh out of Bible college. I didn't have a whole lot of like self-awareness. Like 23. I hadn't this gone time, through right? a lot of like, therapy or anything. So I wasn't real super good at like interpersonal communication. Um, so I'm not putting it all on him or on the other leaders there. There was definitely like, there was a breakdown in communication and a lot of that is on me. I didn't do a good job of like really expressing myself, but, um, I guess making my needs 
known very well or, or learned standing up for myself. Well, and maybe you shouldn't have been thrust into such a high leadership. Well, also, at you're, 23. this is in a culture where people believe that they can hear God telling them to do things at times, very specific things. Like, you know, I had people tell me since after the fact that God told them to unfollow me on Twitter and then <laughs> they felt the need to come and tell me about that. Um, you know, and just, so you have that whole dynamic where people believe that they're the mouthpiece of God and that God is giving them very specific direction on how to run their life. And it, so that just adds a whole new fun and crazy dynamic to these relationships. So, uh, anyway, so I try and leave me and me and my wife at the time, try and leave the church. Um, just because it's clear, not just this time you had an opportunity to like go have further school schooling. Remember that? There was there was a church that we really me and my wife really respected and looked up to and they started a ministry training program. Um they were a church out of uh, Redding, California. There's a church called Bethel Church and they had a a program called the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and we really loved a lot of the like teachers that were there and a lot of the pastors that were there and just a lot of the stuff that was happening. Um there's people it was relatively new at that time. Even there was people coming from all over the world to come to the school and we really wanted to go and we had an opportunity to go. So we applied or began the application process and then told the pastor of church harm, the painful church. (laughs) I don't even know what it's called. Um, And at the time it wasn't even a plan to leave permanently it was a plan we're just going to go down to reading for a year and go through this training program because we feel like it's something we really want to do and he and flipped out like- got super weird like basically shut it down said that i was like betraying him all this kind of stuff so me and, and that god told him yeah that you and so me and my stay. wife at the time like made the decision to try and like okay this is what we felt like god where god was leading us um this is what we really wanted to do but we have these people that we have chosen to submit ourselves to these leaders in our life that we've chosen to submit ourselves to and therefore it's the most like godly thing we can do to to listen to them because maybe they're like our parents and maybe they know what's best for us Mm-hmm. Which is this is gross talking about it now because we're grown ass adults married yeah. in our own relationship and right. we had like we're letting these people like operate us like puppets and it's just it's just gross to think about and that 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 was something that I thought was like healthy or or whatever okay, anyway so, so we decided not to go which was painful and hard but whatever we felt like we were doing the best thing so stayed there a few months later I realized like this just isn't happening tried to leave, didn't like tons of conflict, tons of pushback, ended up being like a, probably another seven or eight month process of us like trying to just power through, trying to make it work, trying to do what we thought was right, trying to stay there, whatever. Finally came to a point where it was just like for my own sanity, my own emotional well-being and for the sake of my marriage, I needed to just be done. And so I, you know, we just shut it down. And said that we're leaving, said, you know, by this time we're going to be done and moving on. Um, I kind of came up with an exit strategy for different people to take over my responsibilities there. Um, And that's like, (laughs) that's when stuff got really bad. Like we, I, the pastor at the time um, sat me down and like looked at me in the eye. And this is a man that's like, 
you know, I had looked to as kind of a spiritual father for a really long time, looked up to him, respected him, trying to be working with him. Um, he told me that. And your best friend's father. Like, yeah. <laughs> like well, from like when you were a child. Uh, yeah. I'd been friends with his son since second grade. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, you know, he told me you're, you've set me back five years in ministry. You might, the whole church might be ruined because you're leaving. Like just, you know, you're going to. Because he feared that you would take all the young. Yeah. Yeah. And people. because I'll, there's just like churches in general don't do leaving very well. This specific church really, really doesn't do it well. The, like there's something about the leadership there that they just take it so personally. It's like this personal attack mm-hmm. and it turned into this like weird rejection thing. And my attitude was just like, I don't at the time, my attitude was, I don't have a problem with what you guys are doing. Like you have a vision that you're going for and that's fine. And I was hoping that I could kind of come alongside you and we could work together on this. Um, and I was happy to work with you, but I just don't want to work for you. So, Hey, let's like, we both have a heart for the city. Like, let's go change the world together. Mm-hmm. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. We'll be side by side. Like I, I just couldn't have him. I couldn't be in a situation where he was going to be my boss anymore because right. he's just so controlling. And so like mm-hmm. had to be his way. Yeah. And, um, uh, now <laughs> I I would say that that's not true. I would say that that's an unhealthy church. Don't go there. It's an unhealthy yeah. environment. Don't be there. Um, so I left and, and I he went, told you you're setting him back five years. Yeah. I had people come to me and tell me that like my life, like nothing that I ever did would be blessed by God because I wasn't leaving with the blessing of the leaders. Um, just like tons that's of the gross first, stuff. the first, um, wave of people shunning you. Yeah, unfriending yeah. you we not just, just lost, on Facebook, like, but in life. I lost lots of I lost lots of friends, like including your best friend. No, that wasn't until later. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so then we, me and my wife, took some time off. We weren't sure what we were going to do. We were thinking about maybe starting our own church. We were thinking we had a couple people. Uh, somebody from another church approached us and was trying to get us to come on staff there. Then we had a third opportunity where there was this church down in South Seattle, like the Georgetown area, and they were potentially looking for somebody and were kind of like wondering if we were going to wanted to like take over this church as like senior pastors there. And um, after I think probably like eight months or a year almost, I mean, we took a lot of time off because I had a lot of pain and hurt and just grossness mm-hmm. that I needed to process and work through. And um, I didn't want to like immediately jump into something else because I just, my heart would have been all fucked up. Right. Um, so we eventually decided to start our own church, started our own church, uh, three months into starting our own church. Um, <laughs> I reconnected with an old high school girlfriend on Facebook, uh, shout out Zuckerberg and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and ended up having an affair and, uh, three months after that. So we're six months into our church plan at the time. And our church was actually going really good. It was fun. And we had a nice solid group of people and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so then, th- uh, three, you know, six, six months in, um, my two day, two days before, two days before Christmas, um, my now ex-wife <laughs> found out about the affair and, um, we separated and never, never reconnected basically. Um, so the new church, needless obviously. to say, the new church, uh, was done at that point. And, um, yeah. And you forgot to say the affair resulted in my daughter. 
So yeah. But that leads into the Mars Hill stuff. So the right. So the person that I was having mama. an affair with, my daughter's mom, um, was involved in leadership at Mars Hill at the time. Her and her husband and <laughs> yeah. her fam, all of her family. Right. Yes. And um, how much into the story do you want to get? I don't know. Okay. Uh, they Mars Hill interjected in that scenario very quick. Basically, presented her with a list of demands. You're going to make your marriage work. Here's how you're going to do it. You're never going to talk to this guy again. Um, your husband is going to be the dad to this child. You, he's not going to have any involvement in this child's life. Da, 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 like gave her a list of demands in contract form, wanted her to sign it. She did, wasn't comfortable signing it at that time. As soon as that happened, they sent a letter out to their small group saying this person is, they call it like disfellowshipped or something. I think that might be the Jehovah's witness term, but okay. basically saying don't contact this person. Not only don't contact this person, but giving them a script for if they see her, if you see her, here's what she might say. Here's what you should say back. And we only know this because they accidentally sent this email to her as well. (laughs) 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 So yeah. And then, um, you know, and then I had the I had pastors from Mars Hill that were contacting the people that in the church that I had started, um, letting them know that this had happened in case I was trying to keep it a secret, making sure that I was being disciplined, making sure that my church was gone. Um, contacting all the churches, contacting in any Seattle. church that they heard that I was like involved in or going to they contacted my therapist at the time who was a pastor of a church that i started attending shortly after that they contacted him was trying to get information about our counseling session um i mean they were basically like stalking me (laughs) they were calling these people to warn them that i was a wolf coming to if i haven't if i hadn't read multiple accounts of the crazy ass things that mars hill has done to people it would be unreal. If I read it as a script, I'd say, nope, this is too unreal. Yeah. This is too much like a movie of like FBI. So that's another question is, have people reported what they do, like this stalking behavior that Mars Hill does to people, to the police? I'm not sure. And would they do anything or would they just think you're crazy? Like if you called up and said, these pastors of these churches are following me around and harassing me and trying to get this information, would the cops just go, you're crazy? Well, there's nothing... I mean, it's, it's, there's not, it's, it's not abusive really illegal. and crazy. It's gross. Yeah. But I don't know about the legality of it. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. What the hell do I know? <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so that was obviously, I mean, that was a whole nother round of people uh, being no longer in my life. Um, there was like for obvious reasons and you know, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not proud at all of, of, of the fact that I, had an affair and self-destructed my marriage of five years and all that fun stuff. So I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's okay. And I, I was definitely not asking for any of my friends at that time to justify it or support me in the decisions that I made, but maybe just support me as a human being, you know, cause right. my whole life had just kind of blown up in a lot of different ways. And I, the, you know, I've had quite a, I had quite a few friends that have stuck with me and are still, are still my friends, but I lost mm-hmm. a lot of friends in that process. Um, you know, and it was kind of shitty and painful. I think up to that point, you know, when Christians, when the Christians that I knew would get around and talk about the, um, 
excuse me, um, talk about the, the, maybe the, the sin or the stuff that they were dealing with. Like it was the worst thing you could do was, Oh, I, you know, I looked at porn this week and masturbated five times, not thinking about my wife. I was thinking about whatever Jenna big boobs from mm-hmm. she has you my porn favorite. or whatever. My <laughs> yeah. <favorite thing. laughs> yeah. So, and you know, that was kind of the worst, that was the worst you could do. So I think that to a certain extent, a lot of the people in my community when all of a sudden faced with potential divorce, uh, an affair, broken marriage, like real life stuff that real mm-hmm. people deal with. Um, they just didn't know how to handle it to a certain extent. And I also think that for obvious reasons, people felt like they needed to take sides and it's again, for obvious reasons, it's a lot easier to kind of take the side of the person that was the victim in that situation, as opposed to the person that was the, well, and also as I call myself, the (laughs) the pastor of your old church, McCurdy Herderson, right. Kind of got off on this. Like you just, like this guy who just severed my church and wronged me as a person just totally fucked up. Yeah. And now I'm going to get off on it. In fact, say what he did. Oh, yeah. Well, because they had like, you know, obviously they had put me up as kind of a leader to the church saying, you know, when I was on staff at this past church saying like, this is a leader, this is somebody to follow. I was preaching sermons and all that kind of stuff. Um and he felt that because they had done that publicly, that they also needed to shun you publicly. Shun me publicly, yeah. So didn't they like do? They basically, yeah. They presented some. They they just said this person is no longer somebody that you should look to as a leader because he failed. And a lot, and that was <laughs> another round of people. My sin was public as opposed to everybody else's. Right. <laughs> who just doesn't talk about it or <laughs> I'd said yeah. or whatever. So, but yeah, it was like a weird, I think that there was definitely a little bit of sh- sh- schadenfreude there mm-hmm. um, on behalf of the leadership of that pr- previous church. And some of the people that had probably come to me and said, Hey, look, like <laughs> you're, you're never going to make it if you don't leave with the pastor's blessing. Probably were a little, we're, we're pretty pumped to see uh, my life blow up. And what do you, would you say that that was probably the, the, last shedding of all those old friends like you have the ones that have stuck around they'll stick around no matter what yeah i mean there's been a few stragglers like like my good friend that blew me off a couple days ago that prompted me posting to the Facebook. yeah but you didn't hang out with him yeah you know it's not like a jason or a rob or whatever um you didn't like confide in him he wasn't someone that like you know what i mean that you would go to so do you think that that was Yeah, it was probably the last the the last great exodus. <laughs> Is that <laughs> for when that Dan reason, left? Anyway. So Dan left shortly after that. Dan my best friend since second grade. Um there's a few a few months went by after kind of everything blew up and um I you know, stuff had been rocky with me and Dan since I had left his dad's church. And, but, um, cause I'm sure there was pressure from his dad. Once there. my daughter was born and I was kind of starting to get my head above water just emotionally after everything blowing up, I tried kind of going back and reconnecting with some of my old friends, trying to sort of rebuild a support support system. And I'd been reaching out to Dan and, and, uh, he was kind of blowing me off. And then one day randomly agreed to hang out with me and met up with me in like a seven 11 parking lot. Cause we were supposed to go ride our scooters somewhere. And, uh, 
he just unloaded on me for like 20 minutes kind of with all these weird accusations and all this stuff that he thought I had did and all these assumptions that he had made about me and how I was feeling and what was going on and then just told me he can't have me in his life anymore and uh, got in his car and drove off. Never gave me a chance to say anything or talk to him or respond to any of the accusations or anything he had made. Did it feel like it was coming from him or from his father? It felt, I mean, it, it, it felt like it was rehearsed. Rehearsed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, probably staged mm-hmm. a little bit. I think that it, was, it so felt, gross. it felt scripted as have many of the conversations that I've had with people from that church since. Yeah. It's like there's, <laughs> it's like a script was passed out or something. Yeah. Uh, it's like definitely something that's been discussed in leadership meetings and stuff. One of the things that happened so often at so that weird. church that kind of freaked me out or grossed me out was there was a lot of gossip in the name of, well, you're a leader in this church. And so you need to have an understanding of what's going on in this situation with these people so you can be a better leader to them. And so you, because you're kind of on the inside, so therefore you need to know about this. And so then is that go common? On to, I think, I mean, I, it's, it's tough. I don't want to like say that it's common and throw this blanket out over like every church. I think mm-hmm. that it's, I think that it's probably something that's fairly prevalent, at least in my experiences. It but has I guess been. there's a different way of talking about it. Like, Hey, this, this couple's having marriage problems and, um, it's oftentimes, it's oftentimes cloaked in a, oh, hey, by the way, you should really be praying for Bob and Susan. They're really going through some hard stuff right now or something like that. And that leads like you that. to go, oh, what's going on? Which and is, then well, it turns and into even just that in of itself, you don't, it's not that you actually want whatever Jim Bob to pray for Bob and yeah, you just want to talk about it. You just want an excuse to bring it up. And so it's kind of under the guise of you need to be praying for them. Or, well, you know, you can really be praying for this or whatever. Like they always spiritualize the grossness, which makes yeah. it even more. Well, I was gross. talking to you about that yesterday about how um, people get off on being the first one to tell bad news. And it's really gross. And I think I've noticed it more maybe on Facebook or yeah. just in situations that I've had with my job. Um, that that happens, but it's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> but so where are we in this, in your story? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, that's the, that's the recap. I'm sure that it's something that like, it's a, it's a pretty huge part of my life. And so I'm sure that as we go on, like I'm, I know I want to have some guests on to talk more about this stuff. Cause I totally geek out about like spirituality and religion and mm-hmm. even just like, I don't know, organizational dynamics, like looking at that church now and looking at how the, uh, the things have changed and haven't changed. And the, the fact that, like I said, there's this, could you get someone on there that has recently left? I can try. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, um, one of the things that's so gross about it is like, I mean, one of the, I got a message from somebody that's still in leadership at the church today that saw the post on Facebook and said, was basically like trying to shame me for bringing it up on Facebook and telling me that I should, it's inappropriate and I should go, I should go to the leadership and talk to them directly about it. And I wrote him back and I was just like, I know that you're not doing this intentionally because I know this man. I know that he has like a good heart. Um, but effectively, I was saying like not even like a specific person. I was talking about like an institution or an mm-hmm. organization. I was saying like this person is abusive. Like it's akin to me coming out and saying Christy is emotionally and 
verbally abusive to me and somebody's advice being don't talk about it don't tell anybody you need to go to her secretly and talk to her about it and deal with it privately because it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it might be damaging to her reputation it's like no how about we not make that the issue how about you don't abuse people (laughs) right how about you don't use people and you don't try and control them (laughs) and you don't like do just gross shit in the name of god (laughs) well and that's what freaked me out because i have no idea i mean just hearing i mean i've read lots of stuff like um what christian culture likes and and um websites of people that have been harmed by mars hill and other churches like it and when this guy brought up your daughter, it felt very threatening to me. And I was like, you need to shut this down. Like, yeah, I, the last the last part of his message was like, your daughter deserves better or, you know, whatever. And so what, part of my response to him was like, no, my daughter deserves an example of what to do if she's abused, what to do if she's abused, you know, that, yeah. and I'm not going to model for her that it's something she needs to be ashamed of, or she needs to hide or she needs to keep in secret because she needs to protect the abuser's reputation. And again, I'm not even talking about a specific person. I'm talking about like a culture and an environment that's at that church that I've observed. That's extremely unhealthy. And now, granted, I haven't been actively involved in that church in the last few years, but I have still seen the aftermath. And if nothing else, how about the fact that I said this church is funky on Facebook? Never even named the name of the church. I was just going to say and this. I got 72 five... messages. Yeah. And half of those, I'm counting them right now, were people saying, I left two. I know exactly what you're talking about. It always felt gross to me. Yeah. Like... And then private messages of people saying, thanks for telling your story. <laughs> and I left as yeah. soon as I could. Yeah. Like that just says, it still is like that. Yeah, It's still like, even the guy who, like I said, cast the first stone, then admitted that he left because it was unhealthy. Yeah. So gross. Yep. It's gross. So that's the, that's the hour and 20 minute nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeremy's Hopefully. origin story of, yeah. of that. And it's not, it's not like you're saying you don't believe in God or that's not something that you would you throw away completely or whatever. Yeah. It's that you've been so harmed by this institution and the people that yeah. were it, that it just can't be something in Tra- your life right now. I would say that traditional institutional church the way it is right now especially in like mainline evangelical christianity it does not interest me whatsoever and I, and i had that struggle when i was a pastor and when i was planning my own church cuz i just really desired something different cuz i like would read the bible and read stories about this guy named jesus saw the way he lived his life saw that we're supposed to follow in his footsteps and what i modern day Christianity that I see in front of me with almost every church that I go to is absolutely nothing like the biblical Christianity that I was reading about. And so it, what, what, what I was seeing in churches just didn't interest me. I just, I just don't, I just don't care. Um, so, you know, I, I went from a place of being very, very confident and, and feeling like I had a lot of answers and, um, a lot of understanding about things to, 
I, I would say that now I'm in a place where I'm very, very comfortable saying that I don't know. Hmm. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree, especially like where I am with gay rights, having just being a citizen of the world and whatever, but also having gay dads, like I could never be a part of a community that actively shuns them or doesn't accept them or um, hate the sin, not the sinner bullshit. And I mean, it's just so one of the things that they always used to say at that, uh, at the, at churchy mick on helterson um was that gay people were welcome there um as long as they weren't trying to say that it was okay to be gay okay yeah so it's like (laughs) so as long as they came in and said i hate myself and i don't agree with anything i live my life and this is a church that's in downtown seattle by the way yeah it's gonna last a long time (laughs) So, so i mean because like I was baptized Catholic and chose to go to church when I was in junior high and high school and then like went on like a religion search or whatever and didn't find, I went to like Christian faith center a couple of times and I'm like, this place is crazy. Like a so Casey treat. Yes. Yeah. Casey treat went to my Bible college. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> he so spoke at my wife's graduation. I went to, <laughs> I went to a couple churches and they just, it my just ex-wife. felt gross. Sorry. And, um, but then these people that I, that I see that talk about, Oh, Jesus is, um, love and he's loving and accepting and whatever. But then, they don't actually either they don't actually believe that or they don't practice it. And it just feels really weird to me. So my dad, um, isn't religious at all. And he actually, when he came out, he started going to the, what's that church called? That's not real Christian. Unitarian. 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 No, he, this is hilarious. My mom, I can say this because she doesn't listen to the yeah. podcast. Whatever, my mom, who is God bless her, she has the she has the best of intentions. But you know what they always say: the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> uh, was trying to explain to Christy that she's not judgmental about people's spiritual life. She just cares that they love Jesus. Um, she doesn't even describe herself as religious. She's more of a spiritual person. She's just, just a follower Jesus. of Jesus. She just kept on saying that. And then my sister, uh, not my sister, later on in like, I think that same day, Christy mentioned something about the Unitarian church and my mom's immediate response was, oh, they're not Christian. Yeah, that's not Christian. (laughs) And she also said Catholics aren't Christian. Rewind to 20 minutes earlier. Well, I don't judge. Who am I to know somebody's heart? Who am I to know whether they have a relationship with Jesus or not? Well, the first time I... I um, really hung out with her. She took me aside and asked me where my, where my, what is, what are, what's the Christianese terms for it? My life with Jesus. Where your or, walk, where your walk my, with the where Lord. Where I am. Where your heart, in, where your yeah, heart where is. Where my walk with the Lord is. And so I told her, you know, I was baptized Catholic and she's like, well, I wouldn't c- consider that Christian either. So I'm like this, you know, she's <laughs> not going to listen to like anything that I have to say after that. But so, I mean, this is just like shows you the difference. Um, when Jeremy started going through the like custody stuff, have we called it custody stuff? 
Yes. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> I always forget. Um, when we started going through that custody stuff, I was like really upset about it. And I texted my dad and I told him and he was like, that's really upsetting. And Jeremy needs to move in with you and you need to have a bedroom for Ellie. That's what he said. Um, conversely, <laughs> we're in court. All of us are crying. His dad's Jeremy's dad is there and we leave court. And the first thing he does is call Jeremy and say, you're not living with Christy, are you? <laughs> and so that just tells you this, this person that is supposed to be like following someone who's like loving and forgiving and everything is only, I mean like your whole life just imploded yeah. in court and is only concern was his biggest concern was whether, my behavior whether his granddaughter had a place to live <laughs> and he didn't care where that was just as long as it wasn't with me yeah. with your like living in sin <laughs> so like that just kind of was really telling to me yeah yep. yeah <laughs> it's good times it's good times there it is <laughs> So yeah, that's uh that's been religion talk. Religion talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Religion Talk with <laughs> Jeremy and Christy. We'll be back next week with another rousing hour and forty five minutes. We promise or that it won't be about football or religion. Next week we're gonna talk about the doctrine of transubstantiation or whatever it's called. We're gonna talk about whether you believe that as you take in the communion, does that bread physically become the body of christ in your body does that grape juice or wine physically become the blood of christ oh we're gonna have to get a little bit more dig, educated catholic we'll than deep. me <laughs> i didn't we'll even get first communion <laughs> i was only baptized because my when my parents got married the part of the vows were something you'd raise your children that way and she was so like indoctrinated and, and scared yeah that she baptized me and then decided that she hated the church afterwards. So I didn't even get to like, so that's what I said is that I always felt like I was on the outside. I really wanted to be Catholic. I went to church every Sunday, but I could never take communion because I started it as like a 13 year old and you have to take first communion as an eight year old. I like a lot of those um, old, like the church when I started my own church um, with my wife, we, the building that we met in was like this super old church down in Ballard. Um, it was this old Episcopalian church. And originally like the chapel that we met in was probably just like maybe twice the size of this living room. It could, you could like, so giant, huge, (laughs) you could maybe pack in a hundred people, but they'd be packed. But Mm -hmm. it's this super old school church, like all wood pews, like all the crazy. And it's Episcopalian church. So they have like, they have like robes and like the big fucking like scepters with like spear cross and the holy water and these like the incense balls that you can like swing around. So we would get all that shit out and start playing with it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like the very all that first stuff. um the very first sermon I ever spoke at my own church as wearing cut off jean shorts and flip flops <laughs> 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 and just minutes prior to going up yeah. I had been playing with the little the smells and bells <laughs> the, the <laughs> weird little dingleberry uh, incense balls so anyway all that stuff's fun so yeah so yeah thanks for listening um 
I'll be sure to catch up on some more documentaries this week so we have some content for next week. Save the date. Don't know what the date's going to be, but save it. We're going to have a Troll 2 party. I want everybody to come. We might talk about um, Jeremy is going to try to label me as a lesbian. Oh, We're yeah. going to talk more yeah. about that. going to get a special guest yeah. <laughs> in about that one. Um, and actually, like a couple of the people, Chris and... Chris was involved. Chris, the runner guy mm-hmm. that I want to have on, he was in, he was like kind of my right hand guy oh, when um, sorry. Uh, we started the church and was present for a lot of the stuff that we talked about tonight. And my friend Jason, that I also am trying to get on, um, was present for a lot of that. We stuff. should start a hashtag. Also attended Churchy McHerderson. Bring bring on Jason. Yeah, or- yeah. Tweet at him, guys. Yeah. What should the hashtag be? Uh, just tweet at Jason. We want Jason. We there want you go. Jason. Hashtag we want Jason. Do we it, want guys. Jason and we'll retweet all of them. Every single one. I yes. will retweet from both my account yes. and the Nerd Out Loud account, which we're talking exposures to 15s of followers. Canadians. <laughs> yeah, and Canadians. 15 followers, and Canadians. 10 Canadian cat ladies, <laughs> and five weird companies that he hasn't been banned from yet <laughs> yeah yeah dr oz i'm my new pl- I'm, my next conquest i'm trying to get blocked by dr oz and i'm trying to get blocked by nancy grace so we'll see <laughs> we'll see that's my goals so thank you for listening thank you for listening you find me at kissy eyes k-i-s-s-i-e-y-e-s on the tweeters on the stagrams everywhere uh, yeah on the Facebooks, just find me. Yeah, find Nerd her on Out Facebook. Loud Pod. Kirsty is a Facebook person. She's her Facebook is her wheelhouse. Facebook is her Twitter. Facebook is to Kirsty as Twitter is to Stop me. Calling me Kirsty. <laughs> That's what my daughter calls you, <laughs> Kirsty. Um, yeah, and you can find us at Nerd Out Loud uh, Pod. Um, I did, as we discussed last week, I did purchase the website, twitter.org.com. Um, so, did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. So that's coming soon, um, depending on if I can sleep tonight. If I can't sleep, I'm going to try and make us a website tonight. So uh, look forward to that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Let your nerd flag fly. No. Holy Ghost style. <laughs> Take two. I should speak in tongues. I should, I should go out speaking in tongues. That might freak should have bought a Mazda. Did you say should have bought a Mazda? No. Oh. When I buy a Honda, should have bought a Mazda. <laughs> Let your nerd flag fly. Seriously, I need to do a sound check and just talking to your microphone. Not with the echo. There isn't any echo. Okay, well then I'm too tired to do this. Oh my god. Is this going to be another Pap Smear episode? There's no echo. What are you doing? Here, hang on. Try unplugging your microphone. You're such a fucking liar. You're so annoying. No, okay, I unplugged it and plugged it back in. <clears throat> I didn't turn anything off.
What? I didn't turn anything off. Does mine sound weird? Like distorted a little? Nope. Okay. All right. Never did. Jeremy, it's not funny. I saw you turn the knob to turn it off. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, sorry, it's done. I don't want to do this. You're not funny. I'm hilarious. You're only funny to yourself.